church family of mine uh, and Brandon and Holly and Riverview and Espanol that are praying for Kayla this week that God would speak to your hearts. Praying, praying that God would save students, praying that God would do the miraculous. And so I hope when you come in here for these times that you're man, you are dialed in, you got your Bible ready, you got something to write with, you got something to write on, you are sitting on the edge of your seat and you're like, feed me. Yes. <laughs> 
which tells us that Ruth, this story, this amazing story, takes place in this 200-year span in Israel's history when the judges ruled the land. There would be a time between when, when Joshua led the Israelites to cross the Jordan River with Ahakam to when King Saul was crowned king of Israel. During this 200-time period, you had judges ruling the land. And here's what you need to know about the time of the judges. This was a very evil and wicked time. This was a downward spiral for Israel, both politically and spiritually. They were leaving God. They were doing their own thing. In fact, if you got your Bibles open, you can just kind of turn the page back to Judges 21, 25. This is the last verse in the book of Judges. It just kind of gives us a, a snapshot of what's going on in this time. Verse 25 says, this, In those days there was no king in Israel. And everyone, look at that, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. In other words, there was just this reckless morality. Nobody was doing, doing the right thing. Everybody was doing what they wanted to do. And so you see Israel spiraling into more wickedness and sin and idolatry. And this right here is a very, very, very dark time in their history. Here's what you got to understand is this. That even, even in the midst of all this wickedness and evil and sin, God is still working, and God still has a plan. In the foreground of all this, of all this evil, of all this wickedness, of everybody doing their own thing, everybody doing what's right in their own eyes, in the foreground of all this stuff, in the background, God is writing a beautiful redemption story of love, and no matter what is happening in your life, you got to understand the message of Ruth is that our God is always at work. Never left. And so with that said, with that said, the framework, the foundation is set. Let's dive in to Ruth chapter 1. And the goal tonight is to get through with the entire chapter. Are y'all with me on that? Y'all good with that? Y'all ready to dive in? Some Bible study? All right, all right. If you're with me, say word. The word of the Lord. Here we go. Chapter 1, verse 1. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. There was a man in Bethlehem and Judah. He went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. So we got a man. Two boys right here. Let's meet this family. Here are their names. The name of the man was Elimelech. Everybody say Elimelech. Elimelech. And the name of his wife was Naomi. Everybody say Naomi. Naomi. And the name of his two sons were Balon. Everybody say Balon. Woo, Balon. And Kilion. Everybody say Kilion. Woo, there's some good names right there. Balon and Kilion. And they were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. And they went into the country of Moab 
the second daughter, she gets pregnant, she gives birth to a son, and guess what she names him? She names him Moab, and he becomes the father of the Moabites. And the Moabite people were evil. They were wicked. They were perverted. Sexual promiscuity. And one of the things that they would do is they would worship these false gods. And one of the gods that they worshiped is a guy named Kibosh. And you can read about that in the Bible. And Kibosh, one of the ways that you worship Kibosh is that you sacrifice children to worship him. These were evil, wicked, wicked people. you got to get that. And so when you step back, you're like, okay, hey, here's the middle way. My God is king. There's no food. There's no bread. And the house of bread. Hey, I got a great idea. Let's go to Moab and find some food. What are you doing at Lebanon? So he leads his family to Moab. These, these evil people who were, who were less than the, 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 the Jewish people didn't want to have anything to do with. They go down to the picture, they leave the place of promise, Bethlehem, the land that should be flowing with milk and honey, the promise, and they head to the place of compromise in Moab. Let me pick up our story in verse 3. You've got to pick up the case right here. You've got to pick it up. You've got to pick it up. You've got to pick it up. Verse 3. 3, 4, and 5. I want you to feel that heaviness in this. But a little bit, they're there. Moab, this foreign, foreign land, the one like the husband of Naomi died, bam, gone. And she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives, the name of one was Orpah, the name of the other Ruth. They lived there about ten years, and both Elon and Gilead died, so that the woman was left with all her two sons and her husband. You see this type of literary device where there's bam, 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 just the facts, no emotion. She's there, a little like bam, he dies. It's ironic. A little like led their family from Bethlehem to Moab because there was no food to keep them from dying. And then bam, what happens? A little like dies. He's gone. He's going to find it out. We don't know how they died. Maybe he starved to death. Maybe he had a heart attack. Just like hit by a cable trying to cross the street. We don't know. But he's gone. And then her two boys, they take Moabite wives. And Naomi had to know, had to know that these Moabite people, you didn't do that. This was wrong. This wasn't right. Hebrew people did not mingle with Moabite people. And now her two boys have married Moabite women. And now, not only that, she's going to be disappointed over that. And now, in the midst of that, her two sons die, where she has absolutely nothing in ten Years in one decade, her life is turned completely upside down. And she's left with nothing. So much so that the author of this story notices in verse 5, you've got to keep your Bibles open, you've got to write this stuff down, you've got to start it. The author is talking about Naomi, but he doesn't even use her name. He just says, the woman to emphasize the fact that she's got completely nothing left. And so here's the only feel the heaviness of it. She's lost everything, no hope, no future, nothing on the horizon, no social standing, no significance. She's a widow in a foreign land, no sons to take care of her, nobody to come after her. Her life is going to end with her, which is the ultimate curse of curses in ancient Israel. She's got nothing. Author wants you to 
author, listen to me, students. The author wants you to feel that heaviness of this. The significance of this. And here's the deal. Listen, 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 listen to me. Some of y'all can feel the heaviness of this because you're walking through your own messed up situation. Come on, I don't see that. You can feel the heaviness of this because you're going through your own junk at home or with friends or, 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 or in relationships or maybe some past that Satan loves to bring up and remind you of your past. Maybe some loss of purity or, or loss of integrity, whatever it is. And you're kind of walking through this, and you've walked into camp this week, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, man, I'm going through my own difficult, desperate, hard situation. And you're wondering, you're wondering, can I really trust God in the midst of it all? And you're wondering, is God still with me? Has God left me? Has God forsaken me? Listen to me. The message of Ruth is that no matter what is going on in your situation, your God, our God, the God that we just sang about, is still working in your life to bring you out triumph from the tragedy. He still loves you and he is still pursuing you. So here's, 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 here's where we are right here. Here's where we are. Man, 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 dead, dead. Everybody's dead. Uh, 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 husband's dead. Boys are dead. No, Karen wants to bury their own children. Here she is. And so Naomi makes a decision to decide to head home. She's got her two daughters in law. Verse 6. Let's keep reading. Naomi arose with her daughters in law. She returned from the country of Moab. She had heard of the fields of Moab, and the Lord had visited his grace, and he had grace on his people. And he gave them food. Now, we don't know how she figured out this out. But there's a social media that was posted on Instagram back in the day. Nobody said, hey, we got food over here. They're going to spread the house of bread. No, no, we don't know. But she finds out. So, verse 7, she sent out from the place where she was with her two daughters in law. And they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. And all the way back to Bethlehem, we see the first dialogue, the first interchange between people. Look what Naomi says. Naomi's going to talk to her girls right here. Orpah and Ruth. Verse 8. But Naomi said to her two daughters in law, Go, buy. Y'all better go. Y'all better go back. You, you told me, Go with me. It's not going to go well. Go return to each of you. To her mother's house, and may the Lord deal kindly with you as you dealt with me in the dead. The Lord grants you that you may find rest each of you in the house of her husband. And she blessed them, and they lifted up their voices and they wept. You see this emotion, right? This is no little, hey, peace out, love you, thanks for hanging out. No, no, no. They have history together. They have 10 years together. They've mourned together. They've grieved together. They've been laughing for a decade. They've been together. So, so they were saying, hey, you need to go. It will go better for you here in Moab than coming back with you to Bethlehem. Go find you another husband in Moab. Go find you another man. Have babies. Do your thing. Don't go with me. You don't need to go. You're a Moabite. I'm a Jewish woman. This will not go well. Stay here. Verse 10, and they said to her, uh-uh. No. 
Now, I've never heard the silent treatment, just speechless by Naomi's commitment. Your God, my God, your people, my people. Verse 19 to the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. Now, pause right here for a second, students. Just kind of, just try to put yourself in Naomi's sandals for a moment. She'd be gone for how long? Ten years. A decade. She went away with a husband and two boys. And now she's coming back, not with a husband, not with two boys, but what's she coming back to Bethlehem with? A girl! A Moabite woman, for that matter. Do Moabites like Jewish people say no? No! How do you think this is going to go? Let's bring my heart right here. And when they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred. I bet so because of this. And the women said, Is this Naomi? Girl, is this Naomi? They hadn't seen her in 10 years. Girl, are you Naomi? Naomi, how you doing? Where you been? How was Moab? Where you back? Come on, come on, high five. What's Moab? Beautiful. What are you doing back here? And look at look at Naomi's response. This is key. You gotta get this. Naomi says, "Hey, hey, hey, come. Don't you call me? Don't you call me, baby? No. Uh uh. Don't call me Naomi. You call me Mara. Don't call me Naomi." Harvest. 
this is what I want you to think about tonight's students. If we're honest, we kind of examine our lives. We find ourselves from time to time feeling just like Naomi. Come on, I'm also men. Think about this. Have you ever felt like God has forgotten I'm 
Thank you. 